you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Hours volunteering this week right here just to ensure that we were ready for this one service. That's the kind of sacrifices that have been made. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to turn your attention to the word of the Lord this morning if it would be all right with you to open your Bibles to Revelation, the 11th chapter. I don't preach too often from the book of Revelation. Maybe I'll start a new trend in the new building. Revelation chapter 11, and I'm going to begin with verse number 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Measure the temple, the altar, and them that worship therein. By the help of the Lord today on this opening Sunday in this new building, I'm going to preach measure the temple, the altar, and the worshipers. Measuring the temple, the altar, and the worshipers. Lord Jesus, we need you this morning. Your word, which was anointed from the beginning of time today, God, I pray you give inspiration to my mind this morning that you anoint our hearts to receive the word of God. Leave no stone unturned today, God, but let every heart be moved by your power. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated this morning. In the Old Testament, at certain times, we find God measuring out certain things. In Lamentations chapter 2, the Lord measured the daughter of Zion, and he did so with the intention to destroy them. But God did not want others to suffer collateral damage, so he defined the borders by measuring them. God designed boundaries around a particular city or a particular location or he put boundaries around specific people. It's God's way of saying I am confining my judgment to a particular 
area or, or uh, to this particular city or that particular lo- location or that specific people. Sometimes the purpose of measuring is to symbolize that something is owned by God. It's God's way of defining boundaries and establishing borders around something that is very, very important to Him. It's God, God has always had a way of surveying His property. John measured the holy city and described it in intricate detail and went on telling us all about it. And he goes on to declare that the city's builder and maker is God. God often measures what belongs to him. He marks his personal possessions and establishes boundaries around them. With with Job, Satan himself had to admit that God had established a boundary around Job and that it was such a hedge that Satan had to confess that he couldn't even get in to touch Job. He was untouchable because God had measured a parameter about Job and said you can only get up to the hedge but now beyond the hedge is my property and I'm going to guard it and protect it and ensure that Satan cannot touch what is inside of the parameter or the hedge that I have built. It's God's personal possession. The measuring in Revelation chapter 11 that we read about this morning seems to be an act of defining the parameters of God's property, what belongs to God and who belongs to God. And anything outside of that parameter is in danger. At the same time, it is the blessing of being inside the border and the danger of being outside of the border. God defines what He owns and what's under His divine protection and power. It seems here that the measuring of the temple of God, the altar, and the worshipers are a sign that God has secured these very sacred areas and held them dear to His heart. In other words, God is saying that He is preserving them from defilement that would happen in the surrounding world. There are three things now that John is told to measure. First, John was told to measure the temple. Now, the one term used here in the original language refers to the whole structure of the building. It includes everything about the building. Its terraces, its balconies, its porticos, its courts, everything that is on the property. And so the Lord tells John, I want you to measure the property and I want you to measure the temple. You don't leave any stone unturned. We're going to measure everything. Now, this morning, If we were to measure this building in such a way, we would be measuring about 14,000 square feet in this new building. If we measured this entire property in such a way, we would be measuring the borders of about 7.3 acres. 
And somewhere, including the north building, somewhere around 27,000 square feet under roof. Now, if we were to measure this building in this room, we have about 6,000 square feet of auditorium with audience seating set today for 300 with potential to go up to about 450 with a choir held on the platform. We, we have a very stylish foyer and, and, and a functional coat closet. We have, we have two halls leading to state-of-the-art classrooms and we have infant and child care nursery that is functioning. We have women's and men's handicap accept, accessible maximum privacy Restrooms. We have a multifunctional family restroom and baptistry changing station. We, we have a large multi-staff work center and church office. We, we have a shared study for my wife and I with our own private restroom and a storage closet. We have a 40-seat community and meeting room upstairs with a kitchenette, a closet, and a private restroom. We have a first-class commercial kitchen complete with all stainless steel cabinets, a tin burner, stove, double convection ovens, fryer, upright freezer and refrigerator, a 90-second dishwasher. We have a laundry area and a mop room. We have two mechanical rooms with quality and working HVAC. Somebody came to me this morning and said, I'm glad it's hot outside and I'm glad it's raining. That way people get to appreciate the pavement and the working air conditioners. We have an electrical room designed for the future and a riser room prepped for easy expansion and to protect you in the event of a fire. And we have a drive-through garage and, 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 and we have a table and chair storage area. We have sound and tech booths and a baptismal uh, area. We have a platform capable of a 50-voice choir. We're, what I'm doing right now is you see I'm measuring the temple. Because this isn't just another community room. This isn't just another public facility in town. This is the temple of God. This is the place where God is going to meet with man. This is the place, just like the temple of the Old Testament, this is where God is going to change lives and turn people's lives around. We're measuring the capability of the temple. The footprint of this building from corner to corner is about 95 feet by 121 feet plus an upstairs area. We measure the temple because every square inch, all 2,016,000 square inches of this temple belongs to God. But the building is not really the measure of the church. Because all we are measuring is just the proximity and the carrying capacity of this room. This room is not going to be able to hold the revival that God is wanting to send. This is just phase one. We still have a couple more phases before my ministry's over. And should God tarry, the church is going to continue to grow. Come on and grow with us because God is prospering the church.
So the second thing that the Lord told John to measure, he said, measure the altar. But now there's another word that really refers to this because what it's referring to in the original language is the inner, is the inner temple which made up the holy place or the holies of holies. The word used here is not the entire temple complex. It's not the parking lot. It's not the meeting room or the office and the administrative areas. It's not the fellowship areas or the coffee shop or a drive-in garage. None of the above. But this word is very defined. When the scripture says to measure the altar, it is talking about measuring the piece of furniture and the area of the tabernacle where the sacrifice was made and where God met with man. As a matter of fact, the altar in the tabernacle was the largest piece of furniture connected to the tabernacle. Our altars ought to always be larger than anything else we do at Christian Life Church. The altar was so large that every other piece of furniture in the tabernacle could have easily fit inside the perimeter of the altar. Can I tell you today that the real measure of this church is not found by the stone and stucco and siding and paint and decor, but the real measure of this church is found by the size of its altars. I'm not just talking about the literal dimensions of the altar, but I'm going to measure the size of the altar because I want to make a real point this morning in our personal lives of just how large the altar of our personal lives ought to be. The real measure of the church is found when we total the area of the altar, if we total the square footage of our altar space over on Delphi Avenue, the building we just left, it would be somewhere around 350 square feet. If we measure just the altar space, 60 feet by 15 feet, we would be somewhere around 950 square feet. Two and a half to three times the size increase of our altar. When you look at the expansion of this building over the building that we came from, we expanded our classrooms by 50%. We expanded our parking by 100% and we got to go up again. We expanded our seating capacity by up to 100%. But we expanded our altars by 300%. My wife looked at me as we were worshiping and people came forward today. 
And she said, you want to know why people didn't come forward every service on Delphi? Because there wasn't enough room. We don't have any excuses now. We've tripled the size of the altar. We increased it by 300%. Now what we're looking for is who's going to utilize the altar because we're measuring the altar. If you want to know what I'm most proud of, it's not the curb appeal or the seating capacity, but we have room for everybody at the altar. But the real measure of the altar is not found by measuring stick, but the size of our altar is measured by how often we use them and how much we put them into effect. Somebody told me the other day, they said to me at the fish fry the other night, could you guys have possibly packed anything else into this weekend? I said, absolutely not. It was all by design. Actually, when we announced the starting date, I completely botched the fact that we already had a fish fry on schedule and we, we were just trying to get into a building. But I want you to know today that no matter how busy we are, we had time to come on Friday night, even if it had to be at 8.30. We had over 160 people that came to prayer meeting at 8.30 after fish fry to say we're going to be at the first prayer meeting and we're going to be part of saturating this house with prayer. That's what we've got to do, CLC. This house must be called the house of prayer. And these altars have got to be the most important area of the church. It's not the musicians and the choir or the singers. The altar has got to be the most important part of the church. Oh, come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. It was prayer that got us here. This building wasn't built on talent. This building was built on prayer. I call the church today, measure your altar. When we measure the altar, we measure the impact potential of the church. I feel the Holy Ghost all over this room right now. The impact potential of this church is not how good a job our parking lot team did this morning. It wasn't, and they did a great job. Thank you. Let's give them a great big hand. Common grounds, technical team, ushers and greeters, all of our workers and laborers, this praise team. Musicians, everybody, no matter where you are, all the volunteers, those that were here cleaning the church, everybody had a part in getting us here. But I'm going to tell you, there was nothing more important than what we did at 8.30 on Friday night. And it doesn't matter how educated you get, how gifted you are, how much money you get in your bank account, there is nothing more important than the size of the altar that you build in your home and in your family. 
Because the potential of your personal ministry and the potential of your personal impact in our community and, or in your community, in your oikos, the group of people that you are surrounded with, the, the, your personal impact will depend on the size of the altar that you build in your life. If you build a great altar in your life, get ready. Your family is coming to God. You build an altar in your life, get ready. You're going to be a soul winner. You build an altar in your life, your ministry is going to grow. You build a, an altar in your life, the anointing of God is going to be evident upon you. We got to have an altar. Guys, you're talented on these music, on these musical instruments, but you got to have an altar. It's these altars where lives are changed. And then John was challenged to measure the worshipers. The third thing John was told to do was measure the worshipers. Now I've grown up most of my life in ministry. I've grown up my whole life in the church. My dad was a pastor when I was born. When I was three days old, I was in my first church service. As a matter of fact, my mom sat right where my family are sitting today. And right where my brother is is where I grew up as a little bitty child. And I played cars under the pew until I got about six or seven. And my mom told me I had to start sitting up and acting right because I got the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. And I had to start paying attention in church. I grew up on the church pew. I grew up around the church. This is all that I've ever known. And I've heard it said over and over again, nobody can measure my worship. I beg to differ. The Lord told John, measure the, the temple, measure the altar, and measure the worshipers. Interesting, isn't it? Pastor, are you telling me that you have a right to judge. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Now, if I understand our text right, the measuring of the worshipers most likely were referring to the 144,000 remnant of Jews that will be returning to the rebuilt temple. But the point is, when they return to the temple, they will not be focusing on the grandeur or the size and dimensions of the temple, but rather, when they go back to the rebuilt temple, they're going to be focusing on what's happening in the temple. The scripture didn't say measure those that drive by on the outside or compliment you in town, but it said measure those that worship therein. Look at your neighbor and say, that's us. If our awe and our purpose and reason of being here today is only to look at the building and to see the show and to be awesomized by a beautiful building that's been about 70% constructed by volunteer labor, if your purpose of being here today is to look around and think, wow, look at this awesome building, you're missing the whole point. Because this building, if God tarries, will one day pass away. 
But what goes on inside the temple, when we get in awe of him, something changes. John was told, you worship, you measure the worshipers. He says, John, I'm not concerned about anything else, but you go inside the temple, and I want you to measure the number of people that are showing up to worship. He says, John, I'm not concerned about the way creation worships me. The heavens declare my glory and the skies pertain, pro- proclaim the work of my hands. Day after day the heavens speak and night after night they reveal the knowledge of God. Yet they use no words. No sound is heard from them but their voice goes into all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. John, I'm not concerned about the angels that stand around about the throne and fall before the throne upon their faces saying amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might to to God forever and ever. John I'm not worried about those who are worshiping in heaven but John I want you to find somebody who will show up inside the temple that will say I showed up and I showed up to worship. I want you to measure the worshipers that showed up saying I don't care about the building. I care about about the God of the building and I came to worship I came to praise I came to magnify him because he is the reason for the building he's the reason for everything we have done it's not about the temple it's about Jesus God sent me to this opening service today to measure the worshipers who in this house came today to put some praise on and to declare, I'm in a sacred place. I'm in the protected place. This is a place where he has defined the boundaries. I'm in his presence. Nothing can get to me. The cares of the world are gone. I came to worship. Come on, somebody, why don't you rise to your feet and start giving God praise all over this building. Here's the benefit. (laughs) When you are measured as a worshiper, you are saying, I am God's property. I belong to God. So we measure the temple and the altar. And now it's time to measure the worshipers. When you measure the worshiper, you are saying, I am under his ownership. He has defined my borders. I'm living in the secret place of the Most High God. Let me tell you where the safest place on the planet is. It's not in the center of a military confinement. It's not in isolated confinement. The safest place you can be is right in His presence. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand is pleasure forevermore. 
I want you to know the greatest place you can be this morning is right where you are, just beginning to worship God with all of your heart and declaring, I want to be counted among the worshipers. I want to be counted among the worshipers. Three years of hard labor and sacrifices led us here. But the purpose, the purpose of everything that we have done and the countless hours of labor and sacrifice mean absolutely nothing if we fail to get in the secret place of the Most High God. When you look at your life and you look at your successes, do you understand this isn't what I've done for myself, but this is what He has done through me? Is there anyone in the building today that can look beyond this incredible facility? You can look beyond the people that are standing around you. And you can look away to Jesus right now. Maybe you should just close your eyes where you are. If you are not a worshiper, today would be a good day to make a decision and say, I want to give, I want to give God my best praise. And I want an opportunity to be counted among the worshipers. This would be a great day for a brand new start for somebody. I'm calling you today to prepare yourself to take a step. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one is moving, but the Lord is speaking to your heart today. God, we've measured the temple and the altar and God now is measuring the worshipers. He's calling you today. He is seeking such who would worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's you and that's me. I call you today if if you are not counted among the worshipers, I want to invite you in just a moment when I make the appeal for you to step forward into these altars. I want to ask you today, would you consider stepping out and saying, I'm coming today because I'm going to be counted. I'm going today to lay my stake on my claim. This is my, this is my church. This is where I'm going to worship. This is where I'm planted. This is where God is going to grow and, and, and I'm going to grow in God. And God is going to grow in me. If you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, somebody's going to be the first one baptized. I don't know who that somebody's going to be, but maybe today we have water, it's ready, we have robes and towels. It would be awesome today if today was your day to say, I'm going to take that first step and I'm going to be baptized in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you've, repented of your sins and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, but maybe you have never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost or maybe it's been a long time since you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I dare you to step out today and you begin to worship Him in spirit and truth because I want to tell you how the Holy Ghost comes. The Holy Ghost comes in an atmosphere of worship and praise. 
And when you begin to worship, get ready because when the praises of God goes up, the glory of God comes down. And you can be filled with a If you're not satisfied with your experience, today would be a good day to get satisfied in Jesus. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to step forward. And when I invite you to step forward, I want you to step forward boldly. If you're here today and you want to be counted as a worshiper, I want you to find your way. If you're too timid to come all the way to the front, just step into an aisle. We have over 2,000 square feet of altar and aisle space. No excuse. Everybody in the room ought to be able to have their 10 square feet and say, this is where I'm going to worship. In just a moment, I'm going to call you forward. And when I do, why don't you step out and lay stake and say, this is my ground. This is holy ground for me. This is where I'm coming. Are you ready? One, two, three. Step out from where you are. Lay stake on and begin to declare, I am a worshiper. I've come to worship Him. I'm going to magnify Him. Come on with everything you have within you. What are you going to do in that room that you have? In that space that you have? What are you going to do with it today? I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be a worshiper.
just a moment. We'll be dismissing, but we're not done yet. At the conclusion of service, if you're a guest here and you'd like to learn how, learn more about our church, learn how you can take a step, learn how you can be part of the church, if you'd like to get connected, maybe you'd like to have a personal Bible study, maybe you'd like to learn more about the church, right back in the back of the church on my left, back near the giving kiosk, you'll see a sign that says next steps. And just go there right after service and there'll be an attendant there and they'll be glad to help you and answer questions. But before we get to that point, because I, I don't think I really want to just dismiss service today because I want this atmosphere to go with us all day long. We have, we have an extension service, a bilingual extension service in Lafayette at 2 o'clock. We have a daughter work service in Lebanon at 2 o'clock today. I want the spirit of what God is doing here just to go right to Lebanon and Lafayette. But right now, I want you, I want you to determine. I want you to determine that when the cares of life come crashing in on me and I'm looking for a place that I can go to, I can look for a safe place. I can look for a place that I can go to where that I can, I can just connect with God. I want you to commit to God today that this place right here you can establish. This place right here is the house of prayer. This is the temple of God. This is the place where heaven meets earth, and this is the place where my family and I can come to. And when I'm under stress and I'm pressured, when I walk in the doors of this building, that's gone. And regardless, 24 hours a day, if I need to pray, I know when I get here and I begin to call on the name of the Lord, God's going to meet with me. I know you can pray at home, but there's something special about establishing a place. Why don't you establish you a place in this room right now? Why don't you establish you a place and say, you know what, this right here feels pretty good to me. Maybe it's not just defining a location right here of where I am. Maybe it's just a whole area, but you can say, you know what, this is just my area. Why don't you establish some parameters for yourself? Just look around you right now. Just establish some parameters. We're measuring we're measuring the altar. And we're, we're going to be counted among the worshipers. We're measuring the altar. Look around you and find yourself a place. And would you commit to the Lord God? This right here is going to always feel familiar to me. This house, this is going to feel familiar. I know it's new today. It's the, the cool thing about it is, is whether I've been a member here for 28 years. And this is my first service in this building. So this puts all of us on even playing ground today. So if this is your first time to visit CLC or your 50th year of being part of CLC, whatever it is, this is, this is a day of first for all of us. So why don't we all just establish today right here, this is where I'm going to worship God. This is where God is going to meet with me. Could you do that right now? Why don't you just lift hands toward heaven and just declare to the Lord, God this is a place where I'm going to come and heaven is going to meet earth. I'm going to commit to you, God.